Welcome. This is another episode in ABD's Calling All Bank Directors podcast. The subject today is what your bank is worth now and in the future. Bill Boyne will join us to share his experience with these issues with numerous bank and bank board clients. Bill is a managing director in the Investment Banking Financial Services Group at Piper Sandler, where he advises financial institutions. He's been providing strategic advice to a variety of financial companies for about 31 years. He's been one of the most active advisors to companies involved in buy-side and sell-side M&A transactions, mergers of equals, divestitures, government-assisted transactions, and debt and equity capital-raising projects. All right, let's call Bill. Hello, Bill. Hi. Welcome to Calling All Bank Directors podcast. Thank you for having me. Bill, there's a lot of curiosity among bank board members about the future of bank valuations and mergers given the recent turmoil. What are are the bank valuations now and what will they be in the foreseeable future? And also comment on any uh, overall trends you see in bank valuations? Well, generally right now, we're not seeing um, any M&A really taking place. Um, there have been 20 M&A deals announced in, uh, in 2020, but uh, nothing as of late. So in terms of valuations, we're really talking about trading valuations. There are approximately 800 uh, banks and thrifts that are public and or have a ticker that trade on the uh, pink sheets or over the counter. And the median price to tangible book for those 800 banks is 94% of tangible book and 9.7 times uh, price to latest 12 months earnings per share. And if you look at uh, the industry and those 800 banks and stratify um, the banks by asset size, you'll find that the banks, the money center is over 18, uh, there are 18 banks over 100 billion in assets. They traded a median of 109 of tangible book. If you look at the banks that are 10 to 100 billion, there are 82 banks. They traded a median of 111% of tangible book. In the $1 billion to $10 billion bucket, there are 304 banks. They traded 97% of tangible book. So you can tell that there's a break between the um, above $10 billion and below $10 billion in terms of trading um, ahead of tangible book or under tangible book. Um, the $500 million to uh, $1 billion, there are 142 banks. Um, they traded a median of 86% of tangible book. 500 million in assets and below, there are 253 banks, and they trade at a median of 81% of tangible book. So as you can see, the smaller the bank, the lower the valuation. The, the trends are that most investors are focused on the larger banks that um, have you know, significant trading liquidity so that they can move in and out of um, in bank stocks, a particular bank stock. Um, you know, the uh, COVID-19 has led us into some uncertain um, times and some murky waters. So we don't know exactly what the future will hold in terms of credit losses and the like and bank performance. So investors 
are looking for really two things. They want that liquidity so that they can move it out with, with some meaningful size uh, easily, but they also would like a meaningful dividend. And uh, what I mean uh, by meaningful is that that you get a reasonable um, dividend yield and that the dividend is relatively secure vis-a-vis -vis other banks where it may be uh, more precarious given their uh, operating history or business makeup or uh, capital levels. So uh, so right now that uh, most banks um, um, that are over $10 billion pay a decent dividend, uh, the median dividend yields uh, over 4%, and they have got great liquidity. So many, many investors are kind of uh, focused on that crowd, although there are, um, there's a lot of interest in the $1 to $10 billion um, group as well, and they're trading, as I mentioned, at 97% of tangible book uh, and 9.7 times earnings. So there is upside in that group as well. So that gives you a little bit of a lay of the land in, in, the, uh, in the trading world. I'm hopeful that valuations will rebound for banks. Um, the equity markets have come back uh, a little bit from the March 23rd low in the equity market, but um, um, the bank stocks seem to still be uh, trading at a discount to the overall equity market in terms of uh, performance. How about the acquisition? Uh prices being paid. Now, you did, I think, mention that the deals are, are much lower now than they have been, but what do you foresee in the future for uh, a seller, a bank seller, that, uh, as far as the valuations going forward? Well, um, the the trading uh, or the M&A valuations um, in 2019 the, uh, the median price to tangible book was 162. Um, there were 116 transactions, um, and the median uh, price to latest 12 months earnings was 16.4. Now, the number of transactions has been trending down since 2017, and um, the, the recent peak in price to tangible book was 177. So. The pricing seems to be um, uh, trending down to some degree, um, and I clearly, with trading valuations uh, being so significantly off in 2020, we anticipate that um, deal pricing will also um, uh, drop. The last deal to be uh, announced was Provident Financial Services in New Jersey um, buying SB1 Bank Corp. That was announced March 12th. So. The 20 deals that were announced uh, were announced between January 6th and, and March 12th. The median price to tangible book for those deals was 144 of tangible book in 16.6 times uh, price to latest 12 months earnings. So that trend of coming down is certainly um, um, uh, continuing. Um, but that being said, I do think that the idea of um, you know, there are a lot of small banks. There are about 5,200 banks in this country, and most of them are small banks below a billion in assets. And clearly, the valuations in a, in a, in a trading sense or in an M&A sense uh, are higher if you get north of a uh, billion dollars in assets. So a lot of those small banks really should find a way to get together with other banks 
to uh, to gain asset size and critical mass, so that they can um, they can be more efficient, drive profitability, and uh, in turn uh, drive their trading valuation. And when you're thinking about M&A, um, many of the deals are stock-for-stock stock exchanges, uh, given that um, you're, the banks are required to hold so much capital uh, for their regulatory capital ratios. Uh, buyers really can't afford to spend too much cash, so they do uh, tend to use a lot of stock as the consideration. And um, at the same time, Banking uh, equity markets, the overall equity markets have been fairly cyclical. In the last 30 years, we've seen a number of recessions. Um, there are a lot of peaks and troughs. So um, um, bankers should be thinking more about the exchange ratio that they receive in a transaction and the percentage of the company that they own, the combined company that they own, rather than the outright price. Um, and the reason for that is um, um, you should think like an investor. You want to buy bank stocks cheap, and you want to ride them up to the peak and then either trade out or find a good stock that uh, has a good dividend yield that will um, will benefit the investor over the long term. Um, so for an example, if uh, in 2019 um, a seller bank was offered two times tangible book from a buyer that is trading at two times tangible book. And let's also assume that that exchange ratio then is a one-for-one one exchange. That means for every share of the seller stock, they will receive one share of the buyer stock. And today, you might not be able to get two times tangible book. You're more likely to get one times tangible book. But the buyer stock is trading let's say, for example, at one times tangible book. So you have the same two banks um, exchanging shares in a one-for-one one exchange. The buyer is trading at 100% of tangible book. The seller is re receiving 100% of tangible book in a one-for-one one exchange. Clearly, the upside is far greater in that situation than if they had received two times tangible book from a bank that's trading at two times tangible book. The upside is far greater in um, in the lower priced scenario. So that's what sellers should be thinking about. Um, they should be focusing on finding a good partner that the two companies can earn more on an earnings basis going forward than they can individually. That the um, the branch network um, is cohesive and that there is some benefit of bringing the two companies together, that there's some common philosophy in terms of uh, operating strategy, and um, just um, um, an interest in being in business together for the benefit of the shareholders over the long haul. So that is uh, you know, focusing on the exchange ratio and your ownership in the combined company and the future opportunity for that stock is really what sellers should be thinking about today. Well, Bill, that was that was excellent. Thank you very much for joining us today. And we'd like to post your graphs as well to our website, if that's okay. It would be very helpful, I think, for our members to see. 
I will provide those to you and uh, happy to have them um, posted to your website and uh, hope that people will call and ask any questions if, uh, if they have any. And I appreciate the opportunity to be with you today, David. Thank you, Bill. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.